Who will you emerge as when you no longer conform to the rigid ideas you've been bought and sold into? When you no longer bow down, play small, or shrink yourself to fit their standards? I see you. I hear you. I feel you. And I am here with you. This is Addicted to the Man, the show where we challenge the status quo and evoke radical change. Be prepared to receive life-changing transmissions while you cry, laugh, celebrate, and liberate yourself. Let's have a talk. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Addicted to the Man. And today I'm popping my head in here solo, coming to you, uh, really dedicating this episode for you guys who have been so very amazing to me. You guys are sending incredible text messages, emails, encouraging me, asking me for new um, episodes and really just checking in and, and telling me how things have affected you, how things have changed in your life. And this is re- really just amazing. I, I never in a million years would have thought that this would turn into such an interactive thing. And this kind of inspires me to uh, explore a different way of bringing some of these talks to you, um, a different platform, perhaps, in addition to a podcast where we can be a little more interactive because, you know, it is so great to hear from you. It is so great to know that you guys are actually listening. I mean, I'm looking at the stats and I'm absolutely just just in awe how many people are actually listening thousands and thousands of downloads and it's really just taking a life of its own so I really appreciate you guys and I I, and I love your messages and I don't want to just leave it at that it really empowers me and keeps me going and I, I love that we, we pick up a conversation, but I want to take it a little further than that. So yes, yeah, stay tuned for something different, something in addition to this, where we can be a little more interactive. Um, so, um, you know, I've heard from a, a few of you how you've been doing. I want to hear from a lot more of you. How you've been doing? Because uh, honestly, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing. Um, I'm a little bit overwhelmed at times, um, a lot confused, but what's new? I've, I've been confused for quite a while now and I'm utterly disoriented sometimes. And I know this is part of the process. We hear it said, this is the part of the process and I can truly attest to it because it is happening. So, so it is part of the process and we just need to be patient with it. And, you know, confusion don't don't be so scared of being confused. I hear this from people. You know, we don't like to be confused because we always want clarity. But there is that need for confusion because when the old has died and, and the new hasn't yet surfaced it, itself or, or you don't have a way to communicate the new yet, then there is that confusion. And confusion really lets you know that you're in the stage of growth. So take that as as a positive thing. Um, even though, you know, you want to push it forth and, and get out of this confusion and have clarity, but just know that there is light on the other side. And also do realize, um, this is true for me, but do realize that sometimes, actually, I think it it, ha- it works for everyone like that. We grow in waves, these things come in waves. And when there is, you know, when something co- goes up, uh, something must come down as well. And these waves can be pretty intense. And what I notice is there is so much growth, so much expansion happening sometimes that that it's inevitable that, you know, then it, there needs to be some contraction. And that may feel like, you know, you're going backwards, but it's not. It's just really adjusting. It's just really integrating everything that you had just want, gone through and and expanded into. So... You know, these days, sometimes, and it's happening more and more, and I'm super excited about it, but some days I just feel these huge 
bursts of energy and vitality that just come and I feel like I'm ready to take on the world and I have so much to share um, and and just really incredible just energy and but these sudden bursts of energy and vitality don't linger around very much very long yet and I know they will eventually do so and I take it as 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 a little glimpse of what is to come and it's really putting a smile on my face most times when it does happen um I, I used to tend to get a little frustrated because I want to hold on to that, but I know that I can't, with time it will come. So if you experience that as well, just be patient with yourself and just ride these waves. That's all we can do. And f- so, like I said, today I am dedicating this episode for you faithful listeners. I am so honored and grateful that you guys are here and listening and downloading and and interacting and letting me know how these things are actually affecting your life. You know, back in the days when I was, I had my corporate career, I um, had a job where I had a lot of traveling to do. And I love, those of you who know me, you know that I love to travel. I love road trips. I like to take my car and just drive in beautiful places. And I had gorgeous territory in the southeast of the U.S. I, I was going to incredible places, Florida, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I just really, really enjoyed it. And while I was driving, I not only enjoyed looking at nature and just really feeling all the expensiveness of of the open field that was presented to me but I also used that opportunity to listen to some books and I had purchased uh, at that time I was really on to Wayne Dyer and I purchased all of his books and audiobooks and I had his CDs on on replay and little side note here I want to pause for a second because Wayne Dyer's daughter Serena Dyer had written a book um, and she had, she had, um, we had planned to have an interview with her and this thing has never actually materialized yet. It has never really uh, come to fruition for whatever reason. We have the wildest things happening the day off or right up to that interview time and we've had to cancel and you know, reschedule so many times. So I know that there is a reason why we were connecting. And so I want to put it out there because Wayne Dyer has touched my life and has has really started me on this path. And I really am looking forward to having this conversation with Serena and and diving into this deeper. So I just want to put it out there. I know Serena, you can feel it and you can maybe even hear it um that you know a little nudge and and let's make this happen because i'm really really looking forward to it so there it is that was my little pause here so i can kind of put that out into the universe back to wayne dyer so i was listening to his cds as i was driving and um one of his lectures he was telling us that he he was asking a question really it was a live Uh, lecture and he was asking a question what happens when you squeeze an orange what comes out and you know a little girl in the audience uh raised her hand and she's like "Ooh, ooh, me get me uh, pick me pick me and he did and she says well that's a silly question orange juice what else and he said yes that is a silly question yet so many times we calculating um, smart, witty adults uh, try to get around and try to squeeze something different out of an orange than orange juice. And we put on a persona, we put on this act and, you know, and, and we want, want to actually believe that when we, we, we are being squeezed, something else comes out. So what I'm, I'm trying to get to right now is that, you know, um, if someone is filled with 
beauty, joy, happiness. If you squeeze that person, nothing but love and joy and happiness and beauty comes out. But yet, uh, uh, in the same token, when you when you squeeze someone that has anger built up, resentment, um, unresolved things inside, when you squeeze them, you know, no matter what what kind of persona, what kind of um, mask you put on your face, that is what's going to come out. And the reason why I'm saying this is because my one and only intention and my true intention and my heart's desire is really with anything that I put out, whether it be this podcast or anything at all, is that I want to be able to help raise the frequency of this planet because that is how I feel that I can do my part. I can make sure that I do the work within myself and raise my frequency. And this is how I want to pay back my time on this planet. And this is how I want to honor this world and the people. And, you know, I have to be honest, I'm going through still a stage where sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. So the vibrations are not always consistent. And sometimes, many times, I do find myself in a more a, a low vibrational field. And I'm very hesitant. So this is why I go back and forth about, you know, putting anything out there. I'm very hesitant at these times to put out, put out any kind of material because you know, as the moods or the, the intention, not the intention doesn't, doesn't change. The intention is always clear and, and, um, on point, you know, but, but things change in the way of delivery. So, you know, I have interviews and guests that are, I, I have scheduled and then one thing leads to another, things fall apart. And I know it's because part of me, part of me wants to, kind of stop this flow because I I feel like I need to wait until I'm fully healed to come out and and be the one who can hold the light and really, really resonate nothing but love and light, quote unquote, if we want to say it this way. But I know that that's really most likely unattainable. Um, Maybe it's not, I'm not going to, I'm still holding that vision, but I can't wait from now to there. And I also do realize that these vibrations, whether spoken or not, are still there. So whether I squeeze that orange or I don't, that orange juice is still there and it's still doing its thing in the collective, right? So to try to hide and pretend that it's not there and shy away from speaking it and letting it out maybe doing a more detriment, maybe maybe more detrimental um, than just getting it out there. So, and I take it that it probably is because all the nudges that I'm getting from everywhere, from you guys, I mean, you just like keep poking me like, come on, Henny, come on. <laughs> Where's that new episode? Where have you gone? What's going on? And so I will take this as, as a true, clear uh, indication that this needs to keep going, whether or not it's all love and light. Um, in the big scheme of things, it is. But, you know, these little things that need to be still, little kinks that need to be worked out within, s- somehow need to find a way to to get out. And I guess maybe this is my way. So... So why I'm going to share some of these stories and some of these experiences in my life is with that, with that clear intention to really, um, get to a point where within myself that I can truly stand for raising the frequency of the planet and also, um, aid in others doing the same for themselves, perhaps by, sharing some of these stories and have basic understanding, awareness, and, and, um, an acknowledgement of all this madness. And, and so this is my intention and it's pure and simple. And I believe that it will be, it shall be that way. 
So let's today. Um, I I am I am calling this episode "What Keeps Me Attracted to Narcissistic Men," because truly, honestly, the root of my suffering is my addiction to the approval of the man. And it's a certain kind of man, narcissistic uh, tendencies. And I'll go into a little more detail on that. However, as a four note, I, I do want to touch on this right now and just say that with that larger intention, with that larger vision, of what what the purpose of all of this talk is, I want to make sure that we're touching on some of these subjects and we're we're looking into some of these things not with the intention of of um, you know having having um, someone to blame or have a bitch fat fest or whatever you know like just keep keep looping in this in this thing quite the quite the contrary i i really want to liberate ourselves from it and so you know what what had happened is that i had to kind of stand back and take an honest look in the mirror lately and i came to the realization that even though i started this podcast and i named it such addicted to the man, I was or am still under the delusion that this thing, this addiction does not really resonate fully with me. Even though I know very well that this is an addiction and this is a pain point and this is the root of my suffering. I know that I can feel that and I, I, I'm aware of it. And not only in myself, I can also see in others, whether they see it for themselves or not. And I wanted to bring this to the, out to the open and point it out to everyone else, including myself and gain full acceptance and and go on and heal these wounds and 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 move on from this not get stuck in this loop like i said however i noticed that i was not in full acceptance with with it all and that is basically the first step acceptance just full acceptance and you can pause here and just stay and and really give yourself the time to really let it just just take over and and let yourself feel everything that it needs to feel and i'll tell you why in my case i i was still kind of pushing that away and not being not willing to um accept it acknowledge it and say it is because on several occasions, well, I don't know if this is the only reason, but one of the reasons is because I had been asked by a man, are you addicted to me? And when that question is posed to me, it kind of comes as a, a sort of a badge of honor or something like that. It's, it's, a, it's a very weird way of asking, are you addicted to me? Like, what are you supposed to be happy about it? Like, it's it's seductive. It's uh, are you are you looking at this as as a, a badge of honor for yourself that you know a person is addicted to you, and you know part of me did not want to play into their ego, which has already ha- have been having a field day on its own. These egos, these narcissistic egos, are already you know, quite large, and I didn't want to add to it. Now, on another side note, you know, I come from uh, a very narcissistic household, um, both parents, actually. Um, And so I also had to look into that. There are definitely narcissistic um, tendencies within myself. And I had become a victim of it. But 
I can certainly identify some of these things, specifically this ego thing. Okay, I'm not going to give you what you really truly want because you are going to use that against me, right? This is a very much a defense mechanism. I know that you want me to, you know, talk to your ego right now and tell you that, yes, I'm addicted to you, but I'm not going to do that because I'm just not going to do that. But there is a, a different part to it as well, because why would I want to feed someone's ego? Because yes, I am addicted to this dynamic, but I want to pause here and really just look at what's the difference between being addicted to well, actually, no, what is addiction? Let's just talk about it. So addiction is never having enough of what I want. I do not want. Again, never having enough of what I do not want. And I had conditioned my body and my mind. I had trained my body in my mind to crave these feelings of unworthiness and yuckiness and ugh, just, ugh, you know, just shit being treated like a piece of shit and this even though I I don't want this you know every part of me is like no 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 this is not what I want but but this craving is still there because this is the familiar this is what I know and this is what feels like home and idolizing the subject of the addiction needs to be looked at as well because it is not relevant the subject itself is not relevant so putting too much emphasis on you know looking at the narcissist partner or whatever and and putting too much emphasis on that and then drawing conclusions about yourself on that i feel is is again giving away your power because now you're idolizing something. Now, let's move away from, you know, addicted to the man. Let's let's just talk in in terms of addiction as far as alcohol goes because I can speak for that as well. So when you're an alcoholic and if if you you have been or are an alcoholic, you can relate. You're not really addicted to the taste of the fine wine or the well-aged whiskey uh, or the experience of it, of, it, of, of it all, you know, having a glass of wine out in the countryside or whatever. That is not what you're addicted to. What you're addicted to is really the high, the numbing out of, of, of emotions and just feeling that, that feeling of, ugh, drunkenness is what you're addicted to you could care less what you're drinking in fact the cheaper the stuff the better better it is because it's not going to cost you that much it's going to do the job just fine it's going to numb you out it's going to do the job you're going to be you're going to be numbed out for a while and so you know idolizing the subject doesn't make any sense because it's not the alcohol it's it's what it provides so going back to saying i am addicted to the man there is still that oh yuckiness within me where where it doesn't want to completely just surrender and say no i am addicted to this dynamic to this dynamic between me and a certain type of male figure that I am dying to get the approval from that I'm not willing and able to give to myself, right? So before we dive a little bit deeper into this, let's just look at narcissism. And again, I'm not going to focus on this. We're not going to focus on on any of this, but it is very vital, important, and and helpful to, you know, have a general understanding of what it is. Um, so you can have compassion for it, not only that, but also prepare yourself to know for look for the red flags and know that, oh, oh okay, yes, I am in this in this thing right now. And 
and alert yourself before you get a little too deep. So that is the reason why I want to look in what narcissism is. And I'm going to bring in a beautiful quote from Brene Brown, um, who wrote, who, for those of you who do not know, I, I don't know who wouldn't know who is listening to this podcast about Brene Brown, but I encourage you, if you do not know her, I encourage you to look up all her stuff. She's an incredible researcher and has done a lot of studies on the human condition. And this is how she defines narcissism. She says, when I look at narcissism through the vulnerability lens, I see the shame-based fear of being ordinary. I see the fear of never feeling extraordinary enough to be noticed, to be lovable, to belong, or to cultivate a sense of purpose. And if you can sit with this, if you can read it and read it and read it, and I'll put this little quote in the foot, footnotes. Um, if you can just sit with this quote, and then you can realize that if you can put on your vulnerability lens, then you can really have compassion for that other person. Now, that doesn't say, I'm not saying in that same breath, I'm not saying, oh, okay, well, we have compassion now. And so we can look over all the stuff that's happening. No, 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 no. You still don't want to engage with that. You still want to see why why you even have the tendency to engage with that, but just have a general understanding and compassion towards that person. So you don't use your personal experiences to really fuel your victim responses and then get stuck in that loop of blame, shame, and all of that. So I kind of wanted to highlight that little piece there about narcissism. And really what what prompted this this episode for me to kind of bring this forth was a, a discussion that I had a few weeks ago with a male friend of mine. And, um, you know, we were at a, a birthday party. It was the middle of the night and the music is going. Everybody's having a good time. And we're here sitting in the corner talking like deep shit, childhood experiences, uh, his, his relationship with his father. And I was so, you know, just overtaken by all of, all of what he has shared. He basically opened up and, you know, this friend of mine, he's, he's very highly educated, extremely intelligent person. And when he was sharing this, these experiences with me, these, um, these memories, he had tears in his eyes, even recalling these memories. Because what he told me was that his one and only wish was for, for his father to validate him, to be validated by his father, a father who was unwilling and unable to give this to him. And I know this friend uh, from a very young age. Uh, he was kind of like a super boy. <laughs> you know, he was excelling in almost everything that he did. He had straight A's at school. He won national math championships. I mean, like a freaking genius. I've heard him perform incredible musical masterpieces and he was a star soccer player. So, so you can see that this is this is a boy that, you know, every father would dream about. Soccer player, smart, uh, artistic, woohoo. And he was very well behaved as well, as far as I could tell. Yet, it was never enough for his father. Though his father would never give him that pat on the back that he so yearned for. In fact, you know, when he came home with awards or medals and things to be proud of and celebrate and, you know, what he got, he, he, he didn't not get the pat on the back. He actually got something even worse. He got criticism and harsh sarcasm. He, his father would say shit like, um, you know, the competition was lame <laughs> and, and I'm laughing about it, but it's not, it's not a funny joke I've heard this over and over, um, that, you know, fathers would come back with, with something so terrible to their little boys, even girls actually. So, you know, when my friend was recalling these memories, he had tears in his eyes. I mean, gosh darn it. Um, 
he was still, you know, it still moved him to tears, but, but he has been able to make peace with it all. He was able to bring himself out to where he can see the other side of the coin and understand that deep within that stern father of his was hidden a very fragile ego. And he himself came to the realization that it had absolutely nothing to do with him. It was no fault of his own that his dad couldn't utter these simple words, you know, like, like just good job, son, or anything like bravo, you know, couldn't even do that. But my friend did not internalize a false belief about himself that very well could have ended up shaping him into a narcissist as well. And this really fascinates me because, because on, uh, in fact, what had happened was that he was able to turn this around instead, and he was able to use this experience experience as a process of negation as to how he wants to show up in life and who he wants to show up as. Because remember, we're not really looking for truth. We're, we're not seeking truth. Truth is already there. It's available. It just needs to be uncovered. So there is this process of negation where you're pulling these layers of, of, of lies that you had built up on, on top of each other to take away from truth. And he was able to do this. And he chose to open his heart and see how hurt people hurt people. And he made a conscious decision to not perpetuate this vicious, vicious cycle in his life. And I think this is incredible. So I'm sitting there listening to his story and I can't stop but wonder, you know, why is my story a little bit different? Because I too come from a narcissistic household. Um, but my life took a different path. Perhaps it's because I was too young when I left everything and everyone behind. Perhaps I wasn't mature enough to come to this conclusion myself. Or perhaps this maturity wasn't meant to come until now. I, so I can go through all these experiences that I had to go through or drag myself through and, you know, put myself in these shoes so I can speak for these experiences. I can connect with people who are also experiences these things in their lives. And perhaps this is, this is my path. I don't know. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is that I was not able to rise up. I could not pull myself out far enough to see the big picture. And what I did do was I idolized my father. I created a whole new story about myself and I formed a belief system that made me think that I was not lovable. I was not wanted. And I became a victim and I ran as far as I could, as fast as I could to escape this shame of not being good enough. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I ran straight into the arms of men, of certain kinds of men, hoping to get this validation I wasn't able to give to myself. And, you know, I don't know if there is a song about this or not, but it goes like this. You can run, but you can't hide. And that is so true. What's within is without. I don't care how far you go, how, how, how much you think you're just running away from this. This thing is going to go with you. And I became a magnet for seductive men whose charisma and confidence was so... Mm, uh, comforting. It was so electrifying and it really just felt like home. Remember, addiction is not getting enough of what you do not want, right? So these, these experiences, these people evoked a certain feeling within myself that even though it felt yucky, 
I just did not want it, but it felt so, at the same time, it felt so familiar. It truly felt like home. And so I was not aware that this was a pattern. I was not aware of my pattern. I was not aware that I was the one calling in these men, these experiences into my life. I was just really just looking at myself as a victim and I did not know why, why these things were happening <laughs> until life stopped me in my tracks. And some of you have heard the story, how life stopped me in my tracks. If you're interested, you can go back and, and listen to other episodes. It's really not relevant, honestly. It just happened. Um, and so I've had enough. I was, I was on my knees. I was begging for answers. And I finally started to listen. And I dove into the work and began the process of self-discovery. And actually, what I did was I took three years off from being in a relationship. Now, I don't know about you, you amazing listeners. I don't know about you, but that for me was a huge, huge step. I mean, this was the longest time in my life, in my adult life, without a man by my side. Oh gosh, I felt so naked, vulnerable, scared. And, you know, throughout this three-year period, I was, I just like dove in. I was peeling back layers and layers of this armor, of this, these lies, looking at every experience in my life with a magnifying glass, evaluating, reevaluating, even reenacting some of these experiences. And then, and, and then, you know, showing how life would have changed or how my internal dialogue could have changed if I was doing such and such. I mean, I just had a help of psychiatrists, spiritual teachers, healers, gurus, you name it. I, I went, I went everywhere. I wanted to know, I wanted to uncover all of this stuff because I've had enough. <laughs> so after three years of doing all this work, quote unquote, I felt like I was, I was ready to put myself to the test. And, and, and then it happened, you know, when you, when you, when you feel like you're ready and you open up yourself to the possibility, the possibility will present itself. And I opened up myself to the possibility of a, a partnership or a relationship. And sure enough, didn't take long. I was able to call in a man into my life who who I knew, I knew he was of different caliber. And I was certain that this time around, because I've done all this work, I attracted the right one. And not only that, but he was also doing the work. And so together we were going to create a wonderful life and live happy, happily ever after. I wanna giggle here a little bit because you know what's to come, right? <laughs> after a year of being in this quote-unquote conscious relationship, I had a rude awakening. I mean, it was like something just, you know, hits you in the middle of the night and you're like, holy shit, what just happened? And you open your eyes wide open and you're like, holy cow, how did I end up back here? How? I had just gotten right back into my pattern. And even though I should have seen the sign, I should have known better and I did see the signs and I did know better, <laughs> I did step into this same puddle again, <laughs> again. And as Abraham Hicks says, oh, different faces and different places, but the same old, same old. And, and it's true. We really just play into our vulnerabilities and egos. <sighs> So there I was, <laughs> again, <laughs> in this dynamic. And I was like, how did I get here? How did I find myself back in this same old, same old? And again, I don't want to focus on the narcissism. I don't want to focus on what makes people narcissistic or, or, or any of this. I don't want to go into that direction. 
I don't think I can add any more knowledge or expertise or advice and, you know, anything that hasn't been said before about narcissists. So if you are in a stage in your life where you find yourself that, yes, you are in this puddle, then I encourage you to do your own research and, and you know, look for those. And, and when the, those red flags do resonate, don't just discount them, just like really let it sink in. So anyway, there's nothing more that I can add to this topic, I don't feel. So I, I just want to share my own experience and I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more concerned about how I can change this. Uh, I'm, I'm very, yes, I am interested in finding out why I keep attracting these painful, uncomfortable, unhealthy relationships into my life. Yes, yes, I do. But I, that's a stepping, that's a stepping stone towards the 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 really what I want to get to the root of how do I change this how do I change what's within so this does not um come to fruition out in the real world quote unquote right and I know the simple and short answer we all know the simple short uh, simple and short answer self-love yeah Okay, <laughs> but that's not, it's not that easy. If it was that cut and dry, you know, that easy, all of us would be doing it and we wouldn't be having these conversations. And, you know, believe me, I, I, I tried. Um, I poured myself um, into every, poured everything into myself during that period where, where it was like, you know, really looking at, at everything with, I mean, it was like boot camp, like self-love boot camp, I would say for three freaking years, right? And honestly, if I sit back and reflect on that time period, I can, I can honestly say that being without, being without being in a relationship, things were actually pretty good. And, and not only for me, but also for my kids. I mean, I, I've had this conversation with them just recently where we kind of reflect back, uh, you know, and, and stages of our lives. And we had all agreed that that was the most, that was the, the, the happiest part of our lives together when it was just us, when there wasn't a man involved in my life. I was quite happy. They were quite happy. We were content. Things were happening. We were had money. We had everything we, we needed, but something was still missing. And you know, I know women who have had bad experiences, relationships, and marriages who are no longer willing to subjugate themselves to it and stay single forever. I know, I know women like that. And I know you know women like that, right? Or men. Um, but I'm just, we're just talking about women. And, and you know, I consider it being that. I'm like, I, I can do that. But, or, or what you can do is you can look for a safe person, quote unquote, safe person. What is a safe person? A safe person is someone who doesn't evoke any of this, who you look at and say, okay, I'm going against what uh, I'm being drawn to. And I've done that too. I picked a man, I married a man that, and I stayed married to him for over 10 years and he was very safe. He, I made sure that he was nothing of the type that I am addicted to. And I knew it and I was very young and I still knew it. And I did that with a purpose in mind. And I know that that was, that was a needed period in my life, even though I was asleep and, you know, things were, I wasn't really uh, advancing personally to the level that I wanted to, um, but it, this was needed to create the family that I needed. And I truly am grateful for that. I'm grateful that he, he basically probably saved my life because I probably would have gone like ballistic because when I dive into something, I'm like, I'm going full force. And I probably would have done things that are um, self-destructive. And, and this was a needed period in my life where I could mature a little bit, where I don't go like all ballistic and just, you know, 
just go crazy. <laughs> and I hope to, um, I, I would like to think that this was also a good, peri good period in his life. I mean, we produce some amazing children together and, and I know that that brings uh, joy and and love into his life. So I like to think of it as a mutually beneficial contract that we had. And it was great, but there was absolutely no personal growth within me. Well, there was some, I mean, I can't say none, but very little, but not, not the kind that I needed. I mean, I am, I want to be that cow that jumps over the moon. I mean, I want, I want Satori. I, I want liberation in this lifetime. I mean, that's what I'm going for. That's what, that's what I'm doing this for. And so this is not enough for me. I didn't, I don't want a life, uh, of comfort and delusion. And I know if you're listening to this, uh, you probably don't want a life of comfort and delusion, right? So my focus is really to heal that part of myself that gets tricked into having having these experiences. And as long as these experiences are resurfacing, so, so I want to be the one who puts herself out there, who opens up that door, that energetic door and says, okay, let's see what wants to come through. And at this stage of my life, I want to be ahead of that and not fall for it. And, you know, every time it's happening nowadays, it's shorter and shorter where I'm like, ooh, I find myself back in there. Okay, but it's easier to get out. It's not as deep, perhaps. I still fall. I still, you know, have to pick myself up and 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 refocus and everything. But it's, it's getting a little faster. It's getting a little less uh, intense. And perhaps that is, you know, that is all I can do, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop putting myself out there to, to, to see what experiences. And once these experiences do not, um, uh, present themselves, that's when I know I, I have freedom and true liberation within myself where I'm not consciously or unconsciously calling in any of this. I'm not pushing it away. I'm not pulling it away. I'm just right there. I'm just neutral. And if I choose to choose an experience or a person or anything at all, I can do that in the moment and, and go moment by moment, but it's, it's not a pull or a push. It's not a repelling kind of energy or a pushing kind of energy. I wonder if you, if you're following me, I wonder if this is making any sense. While I do know that I stay in a state of confusion. And, um, so I may be confusing you as well, but you know what, if that's what's happening, perhaps that's a good sign because we're growing together, right? We're really growing together. So, um, yeah, I know this is, this is deep and this is, this is, tough stuff. And I know that a lot of you are going through it and, you know, it would be easier not to, but I want to encourage you to keep going because, because, uh, because you are, you, you started on this journey and, you know, it's, it's best to go through with it because really, if we just stop halfway through, uh, in my experience, what I'm realizing is that I'm, there's no way back. There's no way back. You can't go back. You can just stall and, and really frustration and, and things come in when we're stalling. So, so I, I kind of wanted to come in here and just have this little convo and, and check in and let you know what I'm working through because I know a lot, uh, some of you are um, doing this as well. And also share one more experience that I feel like it's pretty important. Um, you may or may not know, but I'm back in Europe uh, after, you know, 30 plus years of being away from here. I, I literally didn't want to have anything to do with this place where I come from. And I had somehow cornered myself in to where I'm, here for three months straight, a month, one month has already 
already passed, but I have two more months and possibly even, even an extra one. Anyways, long story short, I'm here the longest time in my adult life ever since I left. And this is hard stuff. I mean, talk about putting yourself out there and like ripping off all those band-aids and all those layers of protection and, and all that bandages and everything that I've put on my wounds. And at first it was like overwhelming, like so deeply overwhelming that I didn't think that I could actually survive. It was at that point. But I did. I'm here. Um, And I'm happy to report that some of those wounds, some of those wounds are have actually healed. I'm looking at them and they're like still visible, still there, you know, and I don't I don't think I want those wounds to be gone forever where they don't leave a mark. I feel like they're going to leave a mark just so we can remember and draw back on those experiences and share those experiences. And this is what how we connect as humans. And this is how we share our experiences. And perhaps this is how we can help each other to, um, you know, advance faster, perhaps. I don't know. But some of those wounds have actually healed and I'm like looking at them and I'm so grateful and some of them are on their way of being healed you know some days they look good some days they're a little bit tender and then there are some wounds that are like still like so freaking raw and they're just like screaming bloody murder but they're out in daylight and they're being you know looked at and cared for And I'm determined to not leave here before I do that, because that is uh, what I came here to do. And that is what I'm committed to for doing, because I am a karma interrupter in my, in my family. I am not, I'm not putting this, this bullshit karma onto my kids. If I can help it, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything in my power not to, not to leave this world and, uh, and, and not clear this. So with that said, I wanted to just tell you my experience of coming back here, you know, haven't been back in 30 plus years. Um, and while I was gone for, for those three decades, really, um, I had kind of maybe the last decade, I would say, well, before that I was kind of just sleeping and, um, but I kind of just isolated myself from, from people and I couldn't find I, as much as I wanted, uh, the connection with women. And, you know, I created a business in, in Atlanta and there's this deep, uh, yearning for communion with women, but I, I was never able to find it. I was never able to create it. It just didn't feel authentic. I, and, and I know it comes from, from my, um, my, my pushback and coming back here, you know, I'm, I was reunited with women who I knew as little children. We, we went to school together and even though our paths have, you know, gone completely different ways and we did not grow the same way, they're not interested in the spiritual stuff that I'm interested in. They haven't, you know, g- completely different lifestyle and everything. Yet there is still that connection. There is still that communion that I'm able to feel with them. But I had to let myself actually let this sink in because if you're anything like me, if any of these experiences that I'm sharing with you uh, are resonating, that most likely what you have done to yourself also is to isolate yourself and, and created situations and circumstances in their life, in your life, in my life, I have done that will really uh, prove my, my, story right you know like women are not to be trusted uh they will fuck you over and everything and even though everything within me wants to prove this wrong and say no i'm gonna create this organization i'm gonna bring women together and we gonna you're gonna we gonna heal this through but really what i'm what what ends up happening is the opposite 
And then I can sit back and say, well, see, I tried, I failed, it doesn't work, it's BS, there is no reason to do this. And that sucks the life force out of me. But then now what I'm noticing is that when I came here, I didn't even, I I didn't have my guards up on them um, as much so because I kind of, I don't know, I don't know why it's just different. You know, we haven't known each other. We've known each other for a long time, but not during our adult lives. So I don't, I don't kind of, I connect to them like little girls. And when we were little girls, we were just so innocent and everything was like just so open. And I was able to come back to them with that openness and they met me with that openness. And what happens is incredible. And I want to share this with you because I want you to to look at yourself and say, okay, if I am not surrounding myself with women who have a heart-to-heart connection with me, then perhaps I need to open myself up for that. And, you know, (laughs) it it may sound funny coming from me if you know me because now I'm preaching about it. And I've been preaching about this for years, but like it just, I was preaching about it, but on the other hand, I was doing everything to sabotage what I was preaching. And now... I'm actually not freaking sabotaging. Somehow it snuck up on me, you know, like I had my guards down and then those little girls came in with their beautiful big hearts and then we're like, (laughs) and had this amazing connection, like, you know, rainbows and unicorns, everything in between. And you know what I noticed is that, is that everyone, when when they are coming at you with this heart-centeredness, when you open up to people with this kind of vulnerability, you, it's not only you, but them as well. You have such an open channel now for infinite wisdom to come through you. I mean, what I'm talking about is, you know, I'm sitting with these women And some of the things that they're sharing, some of the words that are coming out of them and some of the things that they're saying, they are even like, like, where the hell did this come from? And it's just such deep wisdom, such deep wisdom that we're able to share with each other, even though we weren't, you know, quote unquote, uh, doing the work together and have all the spiritual lingo and, and all of the stuff that, you know, all the spiritual people know. No, not at all. These are like people who are not even interested in that. And yet they had given me the most incredible wisdom. They had filled me with the most incredible uh, oh, I don't even know what I call it other than wisdom. I mean, I just keep saying wisdom, 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 but just like, just deep knowing that we share with each other. And this is so nurturing. This is literally what save, saved me from going like completely crazy because it was intense coming back here in this environment and knowing that I cornered myself in. I mean, I, I literally like, Motherfucker, you're going to be cornered into in here until you work through this. And I knew that I did that to myself and I wanted to run and I was so angry and I wanted to die. And then these women came to the rescue. So what I'm trying to tell you is that find these people and chances are you push them away and chances are you feel like you don't have a support system, but I challenge you to drop that narrative and open up your vision wider and and let your guard down and see what presents itself presents itself in your life and it will fill you with joy and happiness and gratitude and love and just ah oh, really honestly that's all i can say so that was what i wanted to share with you today and again If you have listened all the way to the end, I am so grateful. You don't even know how grateful I am. I, I'm just in awe of all of you listeners. And if you're listening and liking this, please leave me a review here on Apple or, well, I think it's Apple where you leave it. Just leave it, leave me a review or a rating. It helps me, um, you know, with the algorithm to get to more people because it blows my mind. I mean, thousands and thousands of downloads just by like lame 
effort and and if that's what's happening and there is momentum created then i and these messages are really something that resonate with a lot of you that i want to be able to get it out to more and more people so if you can do that for me rate and review leave me a feedback and i will promise to um to add this these kind of talks to a different platform where we can be a little more um interactive and uh, take this to the next level so anyways that is all i wanted to share with you guys today thank you so much for listening and and yeah uh keep doing the great work that you do 